goes upstairs. So. <laughs> Welcome to checking out the competition. New York Islanders again. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I know. It's just I don't know how it happened, but it yeah. just we've played you guys every weekend for the past like three months. Yeah. It's, exaggeration, but it feels like it's always like there's always one team every year that like is in your division and you don't play them again until you know you play them all for some reason 50 times in the last month of the season. You haven't seen them since October. It's weird. Yeah. Because the, the NHL scheduling is awesome. It makes a lot of sense. Right. <laughs> so this may come as a surprise to those of you who listen to this little podcast uh, regularly, but I do actually prepare for these quite a bit because <laughs> I have like a ton of anxiety about them being terrible and me seeming like I don't really know what I talk about. I'm talking about <laughs> like, I mean, kind of true, but also I feel like if I research a little bit, I can fake it some, but like Dan and I just talked last weekend because we the <laughs> Islanders last weekend. And I thought to myself, like, what is there really to learn? <laughs> about the Islanders over the last six days. My cat is doing his thing again. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, long story short, um, we're just gonna wing this thing and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. um, I am gonna start off though with a question that we kind of talked about a bit on our podcast this week, which is, will the Islanders, a playoff bound team with everything oh. to lose. That's very generous of you to say, but yeah. continue. <laughs> will they goon it up against the Flyers who are practically out of the playoffs of no consequence to the whatsoever, <laughs> because one of our guys hit one of you, your guys and he was fine afterwards. Do you think that the Islanders are going to goon it up against the Flyers? I, I'm going to go ahead and say no, because although you may think the Flyers are inconsequential to the Islanders, they are very, very important. And that is because right now the Islanders stink. They have played two games this, this week. They have not scored a single goal. So, just, just scoring a goal would be a huge, huge, huge moment for the Islanders. Um, I don't think they're going to goon it up, honestly. Um, you know, Johnny Boychuk wasn't happy with the hit that Boychuk, I guess, laid on him, or I don't know how, how we want to phrase what happened. I still, I'm still not 100% sure what actually happened there. Very but, uh, weird, but yeah. It was very weird. And, you know, I mean, there was some, some fisticuffs at the end of the game. Another game the Islanders got kind of blown out in. Um Johnny was saying some stuff, Warcheck said some stuff, but then Warcheck got suspended. And so I feel like for my part, it's done. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, I think if he hadn't gotten suspended or nothing had happened to him, I feel like, you know, maybe they would, but this game is way too important. Actually, Warcheck is healthy. He's just been a healthy scratch for the last couple of games because uh, Barry Trotz liked how the defense had been playing and without him, uh, I would expect him to be back in the lineup. Uh, but I mean, I don't think anybody's going to do anything. Now, having said that, if the Islanders get blown out again, then all bets are off. And yeah, they probably would, you know, try to whatever, stand up for themselves or whatever stupid hockey thing. So would you say that the reason for this complete lack of goal scoring is because you've lost your star forward in Valdez? <laughs> as, as my friend Dominic put it, we never, I can't believe we're here saying this after <laughs> giving Val the, the Islanders signed him for some reason treatment. But, yeah, no, he was an important player. And it's not even – okay, he's had like 15 goals or whatever on 18 shots this season or something like that, something stupid like that. Yeah, and um, – but he's a pretty – he was a pretty reliable defensive player. And, and like, the thing about the Islanders is they're, it's all about the defense, in particular their defense in their zone, obviously, and then in the neutral zone. And that has somehow broken down over these last couple of games and – you know, going through a scoring slump happens. Like, I, you know, it sucks, but it happens. And obviously this is not a, a talent-laden team with a ton of, like, snipers on it or anything. So we kind of get that. But the fact that they're losing, like, losing their guys in their own zone and, like, last night they gave up a couple of really bad goals to Montreal, um, that's really been the concerning part. And so that's where I think – I think putting Boychuk in the lineup would help. I mean, Coppola would have been fine. It's funny because – Everybody played poorly in that game against the, the Habs on Thursday, but the, one of the guys who actually played okay was uh, Tanner Fritz, who had been called up from Bridgeport to replace uh, Philpola, and he actually looked sort of okay. I mean, he's you know going to do the same kind of stuff that Philpola did. So uh, I, I don't know, and it's it's it would be wrong for me to be like, you know, all of a sudden complain about the system because this is the same system that got them 42 wins or whatever it is. So it's worked for them. They just have to put the work in. And, it's not super to say that, but it's true. 
Well, yeah. So <laughs> I did read a little bit today um, mm -hmm. about the Islanders. And one of the articles that I saw on the uh, official website mm -hmm. related to kind of the injury bug that's been hitting you guys a bit is this idea that the team is trying to embrace this whole next man up thing and win games by committee. Um, you guys have gotten a few guys back, like Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah. Mustacheless face. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because Clutterbuck and Sezikis, who are obviously mm -hmm. line mates, they tend to leave. Lately, they've, they've kind of alternated leaving games for a certain mm -hmm. amount of time and then coming back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that to me kind of signals that maybe they're more hurt than they're letting on. But, yeah. you know, they can skate and they're like 75%. So they're still playing. Sezikis... I think he took a slash or something in Montreal and skated to the bench. And he had that kind of like, you know, when they, they put their head down on the, the boards along yeah. on the bench and you're like, Oh boy, that's not good. But then he was out there for his next shift or something. So, um, you know, I, they have been hit and, and next man up is a great idea. Mm -hmm. but like when the next guy up is, you know, he's got whatever it is, like 40 points for your, uh, in 60 games or something for your AHL team, it's really hard to kind of be like, yeah, you're the next man up. That you know, it's great when you're the Lightning and you're calling up some AHL All Star to replace an NHL All Star, but it's a little bit different when it's you know these guys. So and Turner Fritz is okay, but he's not anybody's idea of like a regular NHLer. So um, that's all fine and good, next man up. But the guys that are here, the problem really is that the guys that are here just stop scoring. The Andrew Ladd came back from injury, hasn't done anything. Josh Bailey is without a point, I think, in like nine games. Um, even Matt Barzell is out there and he, his, I gotta be honest, like I was watch. I watched the first period last night. They gave up another goal early in the second. And then there was a play where Barzell just coughed the puck up to somebody. They immediately went the other way the Habs did and scored. And I closed the browser window and I turned my computer off and I'm like, I'm not going to watch this anymore. That's it. And, yeah, and, I, and I didn't miss anything else after that. So, um, you know, the guys that are here are the ones that really need to score. And that includes Jordan Everly, who's got like one goal in his last 15 games. Barzell, Lee, you know, Nelson's been okay, but, you know, they can, those are the guys that need to score. And yeah. if they're not, they're in trouble. So, like, we, you know, you can make jokes about, you know, Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin and stuff, but that fourth line has been pretty important for you guys this season, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sezikis is third on the team in goals. Like, that's preposterous. Like, it's, yeah. um, it's, we, we joke, I mean, obviously you guys notice the Phil Pula thing, but like, how, who had Casey Sezikis for having? He's almost got, he's got 19 goals. I mean, if he, if he can still finish with 25 goals this season. That's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Um, yeah. And um, I mean, again, unfortunately, the, the, those guys get hurt a lot yeah. because of the way they play. So it's tough that they're not really playing as well as they had been and then nobody's playing really that well right now but yeah they've been pretty good um when combined they just there's something about them even Barry Trotz doesn't get it he's like I don't know what it is but whenever one of them's hurt and then they replace somebody on that line it's never the same and um you know Sezikis is a good player right? he doesn't get a lot of credit and he'll never take it for himself uh and obviously the Islanders don't get any publicity at all but he's actually without even without the 19 goals he's a very good player yeah. and Matt Martin has turned into a fairly good defensive player although lately his his shot suppression numbers have been pretty bad but this season he's actually been very good it's, I don't know he must have picked up something in Toronto as much as they didn't like those two years there Mike Babcock must have taught him something because he, he came back a pretty a pretty darn good player you know defensively speaking he's never gonna land at the scoreboard or anything but yeah I think Matt Martin is one of those players that like you know, if he's used to his level of talent, he's a pretty, pretty solid fourth liner. I think that people um, got on the hate Matt Martin train because in Toronto, I think Mike <laughs> kind of leaned on him a bit more heavily yeah. than you would expect on a team that talented. But I mean, he's a, a solid fourth liner. He is. And, and you're right about the, the ice time. And that was... Mm -hmm. One of the things that got Jack Capuano in a lot of trouble was he gave them way too much ice time. Uh, and, you know, Trotz likes to start games with them. Like, they're going to start – I guarantee they're going to start that game on Saturday against the Flyers. And don't, don't take it as, like, a sign that we're going to start fights or anything like that because they start every game. Um, but at the same time, like, they don't, they don't get more ice time than they really need because you, can't, you have to sort of mitigate those guys a little bit. But yeah, no, they're fine. We call them the best fourth line ever. Don Cherry calls them like half of it's tongue in cheek, but half of it's like, man, I'm glad these guys are here. You know, yeah, it's fun to have. 
So speaking of this um, winning games by committee thing, <laughs> just kind of looking over the numbers for the roster on the team, like it's pretty remarkable that the guy with the highest number of points on your team, a team that has been at just about the top of the conference for almost the entire season, Matt Barzal has 58 points. Yeah. It's not a lot of points. No. <laughs> no. But this team was yeah. unstoppable for most of the season. And it it kind of is one of those things where like, okay, you're thinking, okay, Matt Barzal only has 58 points, but as you go down the roster, it's pretty evenly spread out until you get pretty far down the lineup. So it's like, it really is an interesting thing where instead of relying on star power and guys that just put up a ton of points constantly, it really is a team effort with this team, which I think is interesting to see. It is. Uh, Trotz talks about like rolling four lines. That's his big thing. Um, they've tinkered with the lines a lot, especially now. There's a lot of line mm -hmm. tinkering going on. Um, the thing with Barzell was for the first half of the season, he was a point of game player. I mean, he, he had with 40-something points at the All-Star game, you know, just about the 40-something game mark of the season. And you're like, holy shit, this guy's going to have another 80-point season. He had one late last year as a rookie. This is great. But <laughs> some, something happened, I don't want to say the All-Star game, but something happened around mid-season that he's not collecting the points the way he used to. And uh, nobody really knows what it is. And he's, his defensive play has been pretty good, again, aside from the play that I just <laughs> mentioned a little while ago. Um, and he's said all the right things. Like he wants to be a playoff, a consistent playoff team. He doesn't care about scoring as long as the team wins. And that's all fine and good. But there's, he just, you know, too many games go by where he doesn't, he hasn't collected any points. And, you know, then, then something will happen. Like um, they won two games last week where he and uh, he and Andrews Lee hooked up with about five minutes to go for the game winning goal against the Habs at the Coliseum. And then a couple of nights later, well, yeah, a day later he was, a phenomenal against the Red Wings. Unfortunately, they were, the entire team was great. Unfortunately, Jonathan Bernier was better. He made 41 saves. And a game that looked like a layup turned out to be a 2-1 loss. And you're like, well, they played really well. What are you going to do? The next day they were in Minnesota, were terrible. But Barzell and Nelson hooked up in overtime for a game when he got on a great play by, by Barzell. So he's got it. It's just something somehow they're just not going in for him lately. And it's been going on now for far too long and like you said he's yeah. a star player like you would expect him to be you know 70 points by now almost the end of the season but it just hasn't happened so I mean if he's gonna if he's gonna score less points that's great but he's gonna have to be even better defensively than he is he's gonna have to be like Patrice Bergeron type yeah know? but he still is only 21 so yeah. we have time second season you know it's good to set realistic expectations like <laughs> <laughs> go be Patrice Bergeron yeah just okay. that that's yeah. what I ask of you. <laughs> yeah, right? So this is something that I've been reading about Toronto a bunch recently, but it might, I guess it kind of applies to you guys too. This idea that is it, does it matter if a team limps into the playoffs rather than going in super hot? Um, obviously, I think that, like, I think collectively we all kind of think it's probably better to go in on a tear right. and get that kind of high riding for the first round. but. Do you have any worry at all about the fact that they're struggling a bit down the stretch? I mean, I worry that they're going to miss the playoffs. <laughs> uh, you know, well, of course. Are you kidding me? My, my friend and I did a whole podcast about that <laughs> this week. I got to look at things. Hold on. They're, they, they lost. So they lost to the Habs. Yeah. And, but Columbus lost to the Oilers, which is way worse. So <laughs> the Islanders actually, their magic number went down from 11 to 10, thanks to the Blue Jackets. So I think Money Puck had them at like 98.3 something mm -hmm. percent chance. I don't know what the athletic had them at. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's no amount of whatever. Again, I need to say, I said this last time, right? they need that X. Without that X, I don't want to see it. Well, but, you know. I understand that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, you know, if they got, but then again, like, you know, fairness, if, if they, I don't think they will, but if they beat the Flyers on Saturday and then they have a home game against the Coyotes, uh, mm -hmm. Sunday, you know, if they somehow manage to get four points out of those, then all of a sudden everything's rosy again and they're all set to go. Um, to answer your question, yeah. I don't I don't know if the momentum thing is a big deal. I think it's more about who you play. You know, I mean, if if they were coming in hot, let's say they, you know, they won whatever eight of their last 
10 games and were primed and ready and then end up playing the Bruins in the first round, they would get smoked. Like they just, there's no, they have no answer for that team at all. If they play the Hurricanes, they probably get smoked, you know, because again, they've, they've had never had any answer for that team. But if they played the Penguins and were kind of like kind of messing around a little bit, I feel like they matched up a little bit better. I think they would be like, okay, we're in the playoffs now. Let's get it going and probably go down from there. But I don't know. Yeah, listen, you're only three points back of Washington. <laughs> I understand the impulse to like not trust your team yeah. to blow it at the end, but mm. I'm pretty confident that you guys are going to. Be good. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Can we just like for a second talk about how annoying the Arizona Coyotes are? Yeah. It annoys so. me that they have, I think, just about the same number of points as the Flyers. <laughs> in the playoffs because yeah. the conference is a nightmare. Like I, ugh, so the, the year, so I guess not last year, but the year before the, the Predators went to the Stanley Cup final, mm-hmm. they had the same amount of points as the Islanders and the Islanders missed the point of the playoffs by one point. And the oh Predators went to the goddamn finals. Like I'm not saying the Islanders would have went to the finals, but no, still, it's just like, man, seriously. Yeah. I don't know. So what, cause I know it, it bothers me. The Coyotes bother me because they have Michael Grabner, who's an who was an ex Islander, who we all love and still love. Like, are there any Flyers ex Flyers on there? I mean, I guess Rick Tockett. Um, no, they had Jordan Wheel for a hot yeah. second, and then he got traded. Right. Um, do they have any ex Flyers? I don't think they do. Yeah, they're all ex Blackhawks. They're all, there's yeah. Michael Grabner and a bunch of old Blackhawks. That's right. <laughs> God, I remember when they first reshuffled the league. I remember looking at the Metro and thinking, "Man, this is gonna be fun." Hmm. No, <laughs> it's, it's never fun. There's just this this division's always been like that, it, you know. And even back when it was like the Patrick division, it was never yeah. fun. It was never like ah, oh, these guys all suck. Like no, there's always good teams, you know. So it's, it was the Flyers, then it was the Pen- you know first it was the Islanders, then it yeah. was the Flyers, then it was the Penguins, then it was you know the Rangers, and then there was the Devils, and then the Rangers got good. Like it's always somebody, mm-hmm. and then everybody else is like fighting for that spot. It's it's always a dogfight, no matter what happens. So I was going to ask you what your realistic playoff expectations are, but I think you might be in a negative Nancy mode. <laughs> be like well, four game sweep first round. Yeah. It it really really depends on who they play. Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm serious. Like I, I think against the Penguins they would probably be okay. I think they you know again I'm not saying that it would be easy, but I think they would have a good chance of yeah uh, in that series. I don't like their chances against the Hurricanes at all. That team, the Islanders don't have enough speed. They don't have enough scoring. I don't think the goalies are going to be able to withstand the barrage of shots that the, the Hurricanes would throw at them. I think they'd be okay against the Caps, but the Caps would then have to kind of fall apart for the last couple yeah. of games here. Um, they would be okay against Columbus, I guess, but again, they're having their own their own sorts of problems. So, um, I, and then God, I'm so rooting for that team to miss. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Okay, good. Because yeah, it's like I—I I mean, I've grown to accept that John Tortorella is a nice man. Like you rescued, <laughs> right? Yeah, because he loves dogs, wife, and all that stuff. But I still hate him, like in a hockey way. Yeah, right. And so the idea of his team completely falling apart after they decided to go all in at the deadline just kind of brings me joy. I just want to see what happens. Like, I just, you know, it's not even like I just hate them. I just want to see, you know, if they make the playoffs, we know what's going to happen. They're yeah. probably losing the first round and everybody will walk out and be fine. But like, what happens when a team loads up for a playoff run that just doesn't show up? And like, doesn't, just, yeah. And doesn't try <laughs> assets that you know, aren't going to sign there. And you're like, uh-huh. no, we're holding them. like, yeah, what? I just, yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Again, it's not out of a hatred thing. I just, I'm just, ex- I just want to see the experiment. I just want to see how it happens. What happens? Yeah, for you. for chaos and for right. science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Those are important. Right. Um, let's see. I feel like all of my my normal canned checking out the competition questions are completely irrelevant since we played last. <laughs> like, hey, what's new? What's new for the Islanders? Yeah. What can we expect to see out of this team? <laughs> yeah. From no Val Philpola, yeah. which is obviously I, terrible. I know. Uh, I mean, they. I. I, I don't think they're going to win this game, but to, no, I don't. Um, but they've been <laughs> they've been shut out five nothing and four nothing in their last two games. That's the first time. They get this as bad as the Islanders have been. That is the first time they've been shut out in back to back games since 2011. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah right. That's pretty remarkable. So um, I just. I mean. For them to to win 
that game would require a complete 180 degree turnaround from the way they played the last like three games in a row. Mm-hmm. It would have to happen on the road in a matinee, which is like everybody complains. Oh man, my team sucks on road matinee games. Everybody says that. Yeah, I know. Included, yeah. And so I just, I don't know. I don't see it happening. I'd like to be wrong. Maybe they squeak out something in overtime or a shootout, like whatever. Okay. Just score a goal would be a great, again, a great kind of momentum swing for them. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it, but we'll see. I don't know. So just kind of like, those two scores that you just mentioned, your last couple of games, is yeah. is there a Robin Laner problem, or is he holding up okay? Uh, he actually didn't start either game. Oh, no, no, oh. I'm sorry. He started the, against the Bruins. Okay. And, you know, he let in a couple of uh, he would a couple of goals he would like back, as our uh, color analyst, Butch Goring, would like to say. He'd like to have that one back. But the Islanders were also outshot 39-13 to 13 for the game, including wow. four. Yeah, including 14 to 3 in the first period. Mm. So, like, yeah, okay, maybe a couple of those goals he would like back. But, dude, when you get out shot 13, 39 to 13, I'm not going to blame the goalie. No, that's, that's just, you know, mm-hmm. he blamed himself and blah, 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 and all that. But, like, dude, that's, that's not your fault. Like, we just, yeah. there was, your team didn't spend any time in the other team's end of the ice. So, what are you going to do? Um, and then the goal in the game in Montreal, uh, Grice started. Now, Grice was named the first star of the week last week. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, even in the game that they lost against the Red Wings, he was, he was very good. They just, you know, two goals and that was it. But um, he started the the game in Montreal and the, I believe he was on, he was on the ice for all four goals against, Um, you know, none of them were very, I didn't see the third one, but the the three that went in were not good. And so, I mean, you know, again, as Dominic put it, like it's, it's a bad time for, the sort of expected goalie regression. Like this, this yeah. happened, you know, I mean, the guys, these guys were putting up ridiculous numbers all season long and you know, have a couple of bad games. It's not something that, you know, it's something that happens to everybody. Like, what are you going right. to do? But it's also happening at a time when the team has stopped scoring and stopped playing defense. So it's all, you know, maybe, maybe they show up and they're just awesome tomorrow. I don't even know who's going to start tomorrow. I couldn't even tell you. To be honest. Maybe it's good that they're getting, all of this out of the way, like <laughs> having like crappy offense and the defense is still good. You guys are just like blowing everything. Yeah. All out of your system. Yeah. And rebound for the playoffs. Hopefully. Yeah. Pull, pull out the plug, wait 30 seconds, plug it back in and maybe that'll work. So I hope so. It'd be great. But again, it's to me, it's more about the matchups. Like if they, yeah. you know, they backed into the playoffs before I'm almost certain they backed into the playoffs the year that, they won the, that round against the Flyer, the, the Panthers. So, I mean, yeah. you know, anything can happen. It really depends. And not help them if they end up in one of those wild card spots and end up playing the, the Lightning, yeah, or the, the Caps or whatever. Like, they might they might have a shot against the Caps, but I don't know. Without home, without home ice advantage, it would be a bad, bad idea. Although I have a – I do have a theory or I guess like a – a working hot take, I'll call it, about <laughs> the Bay Lightning. I figure that the only way this ends for them is like one of two ways. They either roll through everybody, right on through to the finals, wow. or they completely implode in the first round and end up getting upset by whoever <laughs> plays them. Yeah. Since I'm like the worst human being, I'm like actively rooting for that second one. Now. That's all right. You're, you're allowed. That's fine. I yeah, mean, it would be, uh, it would be yeah. wild. It and would a shame almost just because that team is so right. good. I, I forget what the number was of, of like president's trophy winners that don't do anything in the playoffs. Like it's just, Whoa. you know, yeah, it is a lot. And so I, it's totally possible what you said, like, I don't know about the first round necessarily, but I definitely think the Bruins could beat them. For sure. Oh yeah. I think so and too. So, I mean, if anything, it'd be one of those. And yeah, then, you know, you have a record setting season and you don't even get to the finals. Like that's, that's really the worst part of it. Um, but, uh, or, you know, when was the last time we saw somebody, the last time we saw somebody roll through the playoffs on like an unbelievable tear was the, the Kings in 2012. Oh yeah. And they were like an eight seed. Yeah. And yeah. Turned, and turned into like a friggin' steamroller. <laughs> the playoffs started. And I, I mean, they only lost, like they lost two games in the finals and that was basically it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tampa's a likable team. Like. John Cooper went to Hofstra, which is right across the street from Nassau Coliseum. So I don't, I don't mind them that much, but I, I, I agree with you. Like it would be interesting to see. Although, did you see that um, passing play that led to a goal the other night? Oh my god! Yeah, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> I times I was like, how? 
cow. <laughs> yeah, I missed at least the first time I saw it, I missed at least two passes. And then I had to watch the replay just to be like, oh right, yeah, there. Wow, how the hell? Wow, it, yeah, that's I don't know. It looked like it looked like an NHL team like decided for funsies to play pickup with like a beer league team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was it's amazing what happens when everybody's in the right spot. Yeah. And like, you know, that's Again, it's what's what's happening with the Islanders now is for for three months everybody was in the right spot, and now all of a sudden the puck is getting there and nobody's there, or you know, there's two guys off on one side and nobody's on this side. So you know, when everybody's working, it's it's awesome. All right, before we get to game predictions, just for funsies, since I promised the people movies talk, <laughs> I would say that Broad Street Hockey is excited about this, but in reality, it's just Bill and I. But we're the two most important. <laughs> So I've yeah. decided that the whole blog it counts as the whole blog. Bill and Ted's <laughs> Bill mm. and Ted's coming back, which yeah. I'm super pumped about. So I would like to know who is the Bill to your Ted or the Ted to your Bill, if you oh, feel so. Boy. I, well, I gotta say my my podcast partner, Michael Leboff, I guess. We would be Bill and Ted. Uh are I don't you know. Bill Ted? What's that? Are you Bill or are you Ted? That's the thing. I, I don't know. I, I uh, you know, I saw that movie when it first came out and there was a video store back when we used to have mom and pop video stores. Mm -hmm. There was one that for whatever reason used to play Bill and Ted's every time I walked in there, like it was, it was always playing on a loop, basically whoever was owned the place. And I owned the, uh, the Atari Lynx video game of Bill and Ted, which Ooh. is a very rare item that I probably shouldn't have sold years ago. So I don't know, but I know we're both sort of like, you know, we're both very laid back. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why anybody listens to our podcast, but I think yeah. it's just because it's just two guys just talking. We start talking about the current Islanders and we always end up kind of ending up in Islanders history. So that's mm -hmm. kind of like the Bill and Ted connection there. Uh, yeah. for, absolutely. Dominic would be Rufus. He would be the George Carlin uh -huh. character. who would be like, show up and be like, you, you guys need to go here and <laughs> give us some kind of sage advice. And we'd be like, he's totally right. Why didn't we see it that way? So that's for yeah, sure. That, I don't know who's Bill and who's Ted, but I know who Rufus is. That was an extremely dumb question, but I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you rolling with it. <laughs> that wasn't dumb. No, I, I I need to watch the second one. I've actually never seen the second film. You've never seen the second one? No. no. The second one is so yeah. the plot of it is just absurd. <laughs> yeah. It is, but I yeah. think that you would enjoy it probably. I should. I should. Yeah. I think we're about the same age and I I honestly sometimes really miss video stores. Yeah. And it was weird, but just like the idea of like going out and like picking out a movie and there was like always like the picks from the people that worked there. Yeah. We always, uh, we always made it a point to pick movies that we figured nobody else would pick. So <laughs> it was always like, you know, some Kung Fu movie or some like bad sci-fi movie or um, the trauma movies, you know, like yeah. the Toxic Avenger type of thing that like we saw. Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, like all that kind of stuff. And, um, and this is why like Mystery Science Theater 3000 is so special to me. Cause like, that show. yeah, me too. Like that was us. Like that was our whole thing was we'd watch these terrible movies and we never watched the movie. We would just talk over it. <laughs> Be like, you know, oh my God, what is this? Like, what, that guy look, what does that guy look like? It looks like Tony Bennett. Like that, you know, it's just weird, weird stuff. And um, that was, yeah, it was just a fun night. I don't know if we could really, you know, my daughter doesn't really have that. I mean, she's eight, so it's like yeah, to explain. A bunch that. of young people are listening to this, and they have no idea what we're talking about, and think we are the biggest nerds. But that's I used to rent whole video game consoles. My my video store was Movie Land USA in Massapequa, Long Island. Oh, the birthplace of uh, Sonny Milano of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they used to rent whole video game systems. So I used to rent like a TurboGrafx 16. Carry the whole thing home in a bag. I, it was a mile from my house, and set it up and play a bunch of games, and then bring it back like three, four days later. And that was my summer. Like it was just kind of a rotating collection of games that was kind of. That is. Yeah. We actually had this um, thought that over the summer, when we're like desperate for content, hmm. we would have a Broad Street Hockey movie night, That's like awesome. parties where we would do like mystery science theater. <laughs> Hockey movies. I'm gonna invite you guys down for. It. Yeah, that would be awesome. I thought about doing that too. Like that, just just like reviewing old hockey movies because there's there's a lot of them. We just you know, so you never, yeah, they never come out though. Like you know, the only ones that have ever come out in theaters are like Miracle, The Mighty Ducks, and Slapshot. That's it. Yeah. So. Or uh, Mystery Alaska, which I kind of hate. All right, that's true. Yeah. It's a little too heartwarming for me. 
My favorite thing about Mystery Alaska is when it came out, the Rangers stunk. Like they, you know, the, the Rangers and Islanders spent like a collective 14 years missing the playoffs, <laughs> like seven and seven for a while there. And I remember that coming out and being like, are people supposed to be impressed that the New York Rangers have showed up in this town? Like these guys probably could beat the Rangers. Like these, the Rangers aren't good. Send a better team out there. I don't understand. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to this. <laughs> so I'm going to make my prediction. And I'm going to say with a lot of hope in my heart, because I quite honestly, like I need the Flyers to be declared dead because otherwise <laughs> I'm going to go completely insane. Like I've been saying every day for a week now, I can't wait yeah. for his tweet that simply says the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Flyers have been eliminated. Yeah. From the playoffs. I just need, yeah, I just need it to stop. So um, I'm going to say, that in the Grand Flyers tradition, they allow the Islanders to find a way to turn their shit around. <laughs> and it's, mm, I'm going to say 2-1 Islanders. Wow. Okay. Uh, I will I will flip the script and I will say it's 4-1 Flyers. And you unfortunately have to suffer for another day. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't the second to last game, they're still going to have like a 1% chance for the yeah, rest. Right. But I know exactly what I was thinking about that today. Like, you know, this is torturous for us to like have to like, you know, you guys, you only need 10 points or 11 points. Like just get a win. You know I mean? Okay. The Bruins fine. Like they're really good. And as I said on our podcast, like the fact that they lost the Bruins is not surprising. I didn't actually expect them to win anyway, but to be embarrassed at home on like that was really uncalled for. And then to lose the Habs the next night, the same exact way was just really bad. Mm -hmm. But like when you're, when you're on the other end of the coin and you're not making the playoffs, like to get to know that you're not doing it and it's over is like relief. Like you're just like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to care anymore. I can do what I want now. I got my days back. And yeah, no, I know that feeling very well. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like a crap. It's a little bit like, it's like a weird relief, but also crappy. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of the crappy happens like in the middle of the season when they're yeah. still close and it's like, oh man, all they, you know, if they win these next three, they can get back in there and, you know, or like, the, you know, you sneak over that like seventh, eighth line mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, maybe all they got to do is hold it right here, get a couple of breaks, but then they lose two out of three and then they're right back down below again. That's to me is worse. It's like, like yeah. once it gets to the point where you're done, you're like, all right, I'm done. Moving on next year, you know. When's the draft? Yeah. When's you know? When, who's who's a free agent this year? Okay, fine. Yeah, like when they lost to Montreal the other night, which kind of was like the the real yeah. like, okay, that's it. Okay. <laughs> um, at the end of the game, Travis Konechny had kind of like flown into the net, and he just like broke his stick on it because wow. he was so pissed off. And I was just like, you know what? I felt that in like I don't know yeah. mid December, and now yeah. I'm just eh. All yeah. right. Well, they tried. <laughs> I think athletes always have that mentality of like, we, if we get this, we're right back in. Like we can, yeah, you know, John Tavares always used to say like, I, I think we can beat anybody. And, you know, if you look at the rosters of those teams, you're like, no, nah, dude, you can't. But I, I truly honestly believe that he thought they could. Like, you know, yeah. and this guy gets this, this guy's in this spot. We can beat these guys. It's like, no, you can't. So, but that's what makes them them, I guess. Exactly. They're winners. And yeah. we're human beings. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think this went pretty well, considering that we did absolutely no preparation for it. That's all right. That's all. We're not going to take any of the questions that uh, that people post to you. Yeah, I guess we could do that. Hold on, let me pull them up. <laughs> I do remember one of them was um, asking if you are actually angry at John Tavares for leaving. I believe the phrasing was a team that never gave him any help. Oh, right. Um, yeah, um, we we are. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that was, you know, pretty evident when he came to play for them. And, and it's funny because um, I don't know if I mentioned this on one of the other two or three podcasts <laughs> we did this year, which have all been great. Um, but, uh, you know, people always say, like, well, you should blame management. Don't don't blame the player for leaving. Blame management. And my whole thing is uh, we do. Like we definitely blame management. And if, if, you know, Garth Snow and Doug Waite and Jack Capuano were on the ice at the same time John Tavares was, we would have booed them too. But yeah. they are not. Uh, uh, Waite and Snow are still getting paid for the, by the Islanders. They haven't been fired or anything, but they're, 
you know, off on some kind of crazy assignment. Capuano was an assistant coach in, in Florida, and Tavares is still playing, and so he kind of feels the brunt. But we're mad at everybody. We're we're mad at you know, we're, we're mad at, at the entire Toronto Maple Leafs organization, the entire Toronto Maple Leafs media outlet. Yeah. We're mad at you know other teams for thinking they could sign John Tavares and you know not getting an audience with him or whatever. Like we're we're mad at you know the Rangers all the time just because like you know we're we're mad at our own team half the time. Like it's just we're mad at everybody, and so. But not everybody is on the ice all the time. So he's rightly or wrongly, he's now he's now the focal point of all that anger and he's gonna be probably for a very long time. I mean, I just think the idea that other fans are acting like they would never behave this way. <laughs> and especially because like I feel like if Tavera had said nothing during that mm. whole process, rather than continually saying that he wanted to stay and he intended to stay and all that kind of yeah. stuff and then leaving, like any fan base would be pissed about that. Yeah, uh, if mind that anyone would boo him in that situation. Yeah, um, whenever anybody asks me that, I'm always like, uh, please uh, direct your attention to the three volume John Tavares free agency encyclopedia, uh, all 94,000 words of it. And you'll, if you read it, which is crazy, please don't, but if you do, like, you'll see that, yeah, he spent two years telling us that his dream was to stay with the Islanders, he wanted to win here and be a one uniform guy, and then in the span of a week decided that his dream was to play for somebody else and he wanted to wear another uniform. It's like, dude, really? Seriously? So um, my hope is that all that anger and all that booing kind of like hopefully made him realize that these people are still mad and, you know, maybe the way I went out wasn't so cool, but I doubt it did, but that's my hope anyway. So Ben Shoots Things asked, how cathartic was the, uh, the win in that Tavares return game? Extremely. It yeah. was extreme. The answer is extremely. <laughs> uh, it's so much so that they play again on April 1st. And I mean, it would be great to get another win and sweep the Leafs. But, uh, you know, if they don't, I think we'll all remember that one. And that, that's going to be on the highlights forever. Not official highlights, but yeah. fan highlights for sure. So Peter from Winging It in Motown, who is another one of my favorite podcast pals, um, he asked which golden girl you would choose to give a locker room speech to rally the team in game seven. Peter is a great guy. He uh, he does great work at Wingham Motown. He's a mutual friend of ours. His brother writes for us. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. He's an Islanders fan, Travis. And uh, Peter, Peter is saying this because he knows that I have another podcast called Golden Girls Sports, where I go through all of the sports references on the Golden Girls, uh, of which there were many. Yeah, it's, out, it's available on, on anywhere you can find podcasts. Check it out. Uh, it's over now. I mean, I 33 episodes. Uh, I'm totally going to look at this. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, and I actually, I, I love this question. So I was thinking about this. So we'll go through one at a time. So Blanche would not be able to concentrate in a room full of men. So okay. she's out immediately. Yeah, yeah she's done. Um, Dorothy would probably give a very like dramatic and actorly speech that would probably get B. Arthur an Emmy nomination, but <laughs> I don't know if it would be inspiring. And it would probably be more impressive than inspiring. So she unfortunately, she's my favorite. She unfortunately is out. Rose's St. Olaf stories are always incredibly stupid, but they always have a kernel of truth to them. They do. And I feel like she would kind of reach a couple of players, but maybe not enough. So, and Sophia actually has uh, experience in this because there's an episode called Blind Date in which Rose and Dorothy coach a youth football team. And just before the big game, they get sick. And so Sophia has to step in and coach the team to victory. And uh, she does. And so she, you know, gives them a locker room speech. So I'm actually going to go with Sophia. Um, but I think Rose is probably closer than people would have thought. You know, I think a lot of people think Rose is stupid, but Rose is actually incredibly smart. She is. She is. And the way Betty White says, what is that? She's just very sweet, and I think that people mistake that for weakness. There's a great book that I use a lot in the podcast called Golden Girls Forever, and Betty White is interviewed. They're all interviewed extensively, and Betty White says, you know, she she originally went to go audition for, now this is turned, it was went from a, a hockey podcast to a movie podcast to a Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> she, um, she originally auditioned to play Blanche, huh. and uh, yeah, because she had played a very, very similar character on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. And so, and Blanche went, and uh, Ruby McClanahan went in to read for uh, Rose because she had played a very similar character on uh, on Maud. And then they they flipped. The director asked them to flip parts, and it was just magic from that point on. And but Betty White said that the the key to Rose 
was not that she was dumb, but she's completely naive. And she yeah. believes every single thing that people tell her. And they do that constantly on the show. You know, like, you know, when Dorothy has a gambling problem and she's like, oh, I'll never be cured. I, I have to live with the temptations. And Rose is like, I've never even been to one of their concerts. And Dorothy, live with them? So she always believes the very first thing that people say to her. But she is, no, she's not dumb. She's just completely naive. I would have gone with Sophia too, just because I feel like she would frighten people into winning. Also, probably true. Yeah, hit somebody with that that bamboo purse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sean Beaker one thirty asks, "What is the best Disney Pixar movie?" Uh, I'm a huge comic book guy, superhero guy, so my pick is always going to be The Incredibles. Um, it was my daughter's favorite for a while, so it's the one I've watched the most. But it's the one I definitely like the most. Um, there have been many attempts to make a Fantastic Four movie, and they've all been completely terrible in their own ways, and the only one that got it right was The Incredibles. So that, to me, is always going to be the best Fantastic Four movie ever. Uh, and it's just, it's just, I love it. I just, everything about all the, like, the little superhero Easter eggs, it's made with a lot of love for comics and shows like Johnny Quest and Super Friends and, you know, all that kind of Batman stuff. So I just love it. And, and, and second, I would probably say Coco. I think, I, I don't know if I ever watch it again, because I, my wife and I cried our eyes out while watching it, but that was awesome. It was really, really good. I never watched that one just because everything I heard about it was just like, you're going to cry the whole time. Was, hair, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like getting on a roller coaster. You just have to just steal yourself, but it's like two hours long, you know, but it's really, really good. I mean, everything about it is just awesome. Yeah. Like up was enough for me. Yeah. Oh my I God. was like convulsing with like weeping at the yeah. start of the movie. And I had yeah. no idea going in that I was going to happen. So it was like a whole uh, it was, at least with Up, it happens in the first 10 minutes, whereas with Coco, it's sort of like the last 20. Mm. And so it leads you up and it seems like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. And then all of a sudden it, it like hits you like a brick in the face. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't take it. You're just oh. like, before you know, you're just buckets of tears. Yeah. Come on, cartoons. I got enough yeah. going on. <laughs> all right. So this is an interesting question from Kyle Pineda. Um, I guess it's kind of he's asking if you would give away a lot of assets to get rid of your worst contract, which mm. leads me to ask, what do you think is the worst contract? That you're the answer to that is easy. It's Andrew Ladd. Yeah. Uh, he was signed uh, to a contract uh, basically to be like the veteran presence and Stanley cup champion, you know, voice in the locker room to ride with Tavares. And it has not happened. I mean, in fairness, the guy's been hurt a lot, but in fairness, also, when he plays, he don't do much. And they have a $6 million guy now who is not doing much. He's got, I think, three more years on his contract. Um, he has a no-movement clause. He's always hurt. <laughs> he can't do much. And it's, you know, the worst part is that was the summer they lost Kyle Oposo and Franz Nielsen. Mm -hmm. And Oposo signed with Buffalo for $500,000 less a year. Same exact contract except 500 grand a year less than Ladd. And, and Oposo never even got like an offer. Like he got some kind of like barely, I mean, he, he was, they were, they did not give him an offer all year until the very end. I think Garcelle maybe like kind of just threw him one just to, to say something. But at that point it was already too late. It's like, you know, I know Kyle's had his problems. It hasn't been all that productive in Buffalo either, but all things considered for that contract, I'd rather have Kyle Oposo. <laughs> like I like Kyle Oposo, you know, he was great. He wanted to stay, but he just never got a contract extension. So uh, what, what would I give up to get rid of lad? I have absolutely no idea. Um, yeah. That's a know. tough question. Yeah, it is. It is. I thought about it though. Cause I'm like, would, would the Canucks want to trade lad for Louis Erickson Two two terrible contracts? Mm -hmm. At least Erickson's a center, which the Islanders could kind of use. Yeah. Um, you know, would the Senators want Ladd for Bobby Ryan? Like, have I mean, he played better closer to home? Philly? I don't know. Or Cherry Hill, New Jersey? Um, yeah, Bobby know. Ryan's contract is so bad, though. Oh, my God. It's, it's worse than Ladd. It's like a million yeah. and a half worse than Ladd. So uh, I think they're probably stuck with him. But then again, Lou has a tendency to make – he has a magic touch of making people disappear. So, you know, I'm surprised Ladd is still here. And here. I, I never thought I'd see him in an Islanders uniform again. Here we are. We need him to get to the playoffs. <laughs> Terrible. Stupid Lou just like <laughs> guys out to the yeah. Meadowlands or something and just dumping. Uh, yeah, right? Don't ask any questions. That's <laughs> <my>. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else we got from people. 
Uh, I think we may have an answered everything else. Someone asked who is the guy playing in Phil Pula's uniform. <laughs> well, nobody now, unfortunately. But yeah, right? no, it's it's him. We, we have uh, we have DNA evidence proving that it's it's him. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. But test him weekly just to make sure he's one million. Yeah. Right? Um. Someone asked what the actual expectations for the playoffs are. I think we went over that pretty yeah. well. Let's see. Someone asked, um, why are the Islanders? But I don't think that's a very fair question. <laughs> oh, was that the, the one who uh, lived in New York and never met yeah. an Islanders fan? Yeah. All right, so um, <laughs> it's a long story, but basically, um, I mean, I'm not going to like pretend that the Islanders have a large fan base because they do not. We, we are a very, very small fan base. We make up for the size in how loud we are, which I'm not sure I mean, too many other fan bases can say that, especially in the NHL. Very small balls are incredibly loud and incredibly sensitive. Um, but a couple of things happened. One, the team stunk for like 25 years. I mean, they went 23 years without making the second round of the playoffs. Like, think about that for a second. <laughs> That's, you know, how many, how many times did the Flyers go to the finals in that 23 years? I think twice. So, I mean... That's a lot, you know, I mean, and other teams have, have done, I mean, the Florida Panthers went to the Cup finals in the time it took the Islanders to, to make you know, the second round of playoffs. So, and this is New York, like New York thinks it's a big, it's a great sports town, but honestly, it's kind of not like mm. if you're losing, nobody wants to know from you. Uh, I went to Yankees games in the early 1990s that were empty. That stadium was virtually empty because they stopped, like they weren't very good. You know, the Knicks, kind of are a draw for like, you know, corporate crowds. I guess the Rangers are too, but even they suffer when they're not that good. So that that's number one. But then also like New York has choice. Like if you're a kid on Long Island and you're getting into hockey and you're kind of checking out what's all about, like, are you going to, are you going to throw in with the team that's kind of bad? Maybe if you're lucky, we'll try and scrape its way into the a lower playoff seat and is always operating on a shoestring budget. Or are you going to root for the team that has a ton of dough is on national TV all the time and gets like free agents. And it's only a small, a short train ride away. Like yeah. that's the thing. So like Charlie McAvoy is from Long Beach, Long Island. And he grew up a Rangers fan. Um, mm. The Bruins have another guy whose name I can't remember now. He's also from Long Island, but is a Rangers fan. But like Sonny Milano was an Islanders fan and Keith Kincaid was an Islanders fan. So just even there, it's just four NHLers and they're split right down the middle. So, you know, we've given a choice. Uh, you know, a lot of Islanders fans are like me. They're old people. That remember, you know, when there was still pride in this team and it was like a big thing in the community, or they're like kids of people like me that are have been hearing about Bob Nystrom and Clark, uh, Mike Bossy for all these years. So those, that's what the Islanders fan is. And then there's like a huge middle ground where people had a choice and they just chose somebody else. So um, I mean, before the whole move to Brooklyn debacle, I, I mean, Nassau was pretty full most nights, wasn't it? No, <laughs> no, they were, there was never really that full. In fact, the, the last season that they played there, it was 2014, 15. Um, mm -hmm. They were like 25th in the league in average attendance. Well, and it's like every night was a different night. Every night was like, a, you know, some guy was there waving and they had, that was Billy Smith night. And then it was Dennis Potman night. And it was Clark Gillies night. And just every night was something else. You know, they brought out old broadcasters and all alumni and just, they never got that much. And that's the thing, like when they're not that good and that was, they were good that year too. Yeah. Um, you know, Islanders fans like, again, they're old. So they generally speaking, I should say. So they remember when tickets were, you know, six bucks mm. and a beer and a beer was four bucks and parking was two bucks. You know, meanwhile, a ticket now is 40 bucks. A beer is 15 bucks and parking is 40 bucks, you know? And so it's, it's with the, when the when it rains out, people don't go. When it snows out, people don't go. If they're yeah. playing Winnipeg, <laughs> people don't go. If they're playing Florida, people don't go. You know, and so it's always been tough for them. And and the move to Brooklyn didn't help. I I thought for sure that there was enough Islanders fans in Manhattan to make Brooklyn worthwhile, and you would get yeah. kind of the best of both worlds. But never really materialized. And in fact, all it did was open up room for people who root for other teams to go, to go watch games cheaper, you know, in, in Brooklyn, as opposed to the garden. So um, it's always been a small fan base and hopefully, but that's what happens when you lose like two generations of fans because you suck. You know, you're owned by con man. You never had any money. Like you just you know, rebuild, stall, rebuild, stall. So, you know, hopefully they can put together a run of success that will make them the choice, you know, for people that grew up on Long Island. But, you know, I don't know. 
So having two teams in every sport is not good. <laughs> it's too, yeah. too much choice. It is a lot. And they should also get rid of the Devils. <laughs> hey, I do. I know some Island Long Islanders that are Devils fans. Mainly, I was just going to yeah. notice that you're discussing how people pick teams. No one's picked the Devils. <laughs> uh, I know Long Islanders that have picked the Devils because the Islanders were so bad that they wanted to root for a better team. At that point, the Devils were pretty good. My brother-in-law is like that. Mm-hmm. He grew up. He was he's from Brooklyn, and he grew up an Islanders fan. But once they started. Getting, once they made Don Maloney, an ex-Ranger, the GM, he quit. Okay. And he picked up the Devils, and then they went on to win a bunch of Cubs. Uh, um, I live in New Jersey now. I live in central New Jersey, uh, south and so, or southern New Jersey, if you're uh, south Jersey, according to the NJ Transit. Uh, yeah, central Jersey doesn't exist. I know. <laughs> so technically south Jersey. My wife is a teacher here, and, I mean, almost everybody's a Rangers fan. Like, mm. The Devils pocket is kind of a very small you know, round East Rutherford, I guess, or Newark, but South, South Jersey is all Philly mm-hmm. fans and North Jersey is mostly Rangers fans. So there's kind of like a little pocket in the middle. That's, that's devil's fans. And that's it. I feel a little bit bad for them to be honest yeah. as an Islanders fan. I kind of feel bad for them. You know? Don't do that. <laughs> They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was fun. Actually taking this yeah. question. Glad you reminded me about them. They were good. <laughs> so this is a little bit longer than your average, uh, Oh, yeah, it's good though. So the people, I think, will enjoy it. Yeah, and I'm awarding. Yeah, I'm I'm awarding Peter the best question. (laughs) Definitely, because that was a good one, and also it allowed me to learn that you have a Golden Girls podcast that I'm absolutely going to listen to. Golden Girls Sports available basically everywhere except Spotify, but because that would cost me money. So uh, glad you can download it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is great. Yeah, and we have uh, the Islanders at 1 o'clock, which is bad for everybody. <laughs> but we'll see which team is more hungover. Basically, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what <laughs> All right, Dan, thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you. This is always great. All right. Have a good night. Uh, Go Flyers. You too. Take care.